Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Huntley running out of time and now will fall down. Takes a sack back at the 24. Marcus Golden jumped on him. It's fourth down. Here we go, Man, I wish you were calling this game. I swear to God, Larry, I wish you were calling this game. I wish I was, too, but I'll be okay just watching this one. No, man, we want Larry. We want Larry. (laughs) Let's get to our Odyssey sports director, the one and only Jeff Hathor. Jeff, so much being made about the weather. What What are the players saying? I think you need to be on the sidelines for this one, Larry. (laughs) Thank you. Man up. I'm good, brother. I'm good. Seriously, uh, you've been following the team so closely. I know they've been asked about the potential for some really nasty winter weather coming off a really wet and nasty game in Baltimore. So they practiced the last two days in the stadium for you know better footing, uh, oh. but they wanted to be outside. They wanted to try to you know have some of the same conditions. Although nothing's gonna, there's no way to duplicate what potentially could happen in Buffalo. But here's the other thing psychologically. They don't talk about it. Oh. They don't want it to be an excuse. They don't want to put it in their mind of, like, they, this is something you should be freaking out about. They're aware. They know They know what could be coming. Um, but it's not something that they want to, to get into their heads of, oh, my gosh, we're going to have to. They know that both sides are going to be in it. And, you know, however it is, it is. And, listen, the Steelers want to run the ball anyhow. Yeah. So that's not going to change a lot of what they did. And, I, and I, to your point about Baltimore, Maybe that does prepare them a little bit because of what they had to face last week. Hey, um, I asked Rocky Bly this, and I asked Larry the same thing. What's the worst weather game you've ever covered? Ever, ever covered, sir? Um, the coldest was probably last Christmas Eve. Yeah, Larry with, said that. With the Raiders game. Larry said that. Um, yeah, that, that's probably the coldest one I've covered. Um, you know, the coldest one I remember is that one was the San Diego and and the Bengals for the AFC title, and it was like minus 59 wind chill. Whoa. Oh. Whoa. And, and remember that playoff game in Cincinnati, just the wet, nasty, like 35. It was like the game in Baltimore last week, weather-wise. Yeah, and I remember that when the Steelers went to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl, beat Seattle, they had their first playoff game in Cincinnati, and it was 55 degrees. Whoa. Like on the other extreme, it was, it was crazy nice. This one um, – this one's going the other way. Are so, you going, man? I am. Are you? When are you leaving? Uh, heading up early Sunday morning. Nice, nice. Head up early. So, early. And, 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 yeah, and the models have gone back and forth because yep. it looked like Sunday morning might be good. Now it's, uh, we'll see. Yeah, it's yeah, funny we you talked say to that. Yeah. Chief meteorologist from a TV station in Buffalo earlier this morning, and he said the same thing. You, the, the, what's crazy about this lake effect snow factor is you could be 10 miles away and it's completely different. So, and they're right in the bullseye there. Oak, you know, Orchard Park is where the stadium is just south of Buffalo and they're right there. So it's going to be hard to predict exactly how much snow, but he did say for sure it's going to be very windy and very cold. You, you know what the Steelers need? A first half offensive storm. Because nice. I tell you what, if they if they get a lead at halftime, 
I mean, Buffalo's won some playoff games, but they haven't finished the deal yet. There's going to be some some tight, tight players if the Steelers get the lead at half and things are going their way. Like, that's – I mean, you always want to lead, but I think especially in this game, if they can show that, hey, we're going to hang around here, we're going to play here, uh, this, that's going to start – I mean, the fans are going to get uneasy because they're thinking, Steelers, Mason Rudolph, we got this one. And, you know, we're already on to whomever else we might face. Well, we got back Minka Fitzpatrick and uh, DeMonte KZ, which is great. But they will be without T.J. Watt. And they're, what, 1-10 when he's not playing. So yep. that's a big factor on defense. However, this weather is definitely going to be a factor for both teams. Yeah, and and listen, you always want T.J. Watt. Right. But they are – better positioned with having Marcus Golden, who had 11 sacks just two years ago. And Nick Herbig has shown some some signs that he can play at this level. They're not T.J. Watt, but I think the backups are better than they were the previous times that T.J. was out. And as you mentioned, getting Minka back, they feel confident about guys in their secondary. It'll be interesting. Um, and, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, listen, Allen's got a stronger arm than Mason. He can – he can move better than Mason. Uh, it would seem like that he would be able to last the weather conditions better. And, you know, he, he grew up in, Mon- in Wyoming, so he's played in bad weather games before. Obviously, he's played in some in Buffalo, too. So oh, I love him. I don't him. think this is going to freak Josh Allen out. I love him. He's truly one of the, my favorite players because he seems like old school. Josh Allen. And he loves playing in Buffalo, which I love hearing yeah, from guys. They they talked to uh, the defensive coordinator for the Dolphins, who they played last week, and he said the guy is just a dude. I think it's at the end of a long litany of why Josh Allen's so good. That said, the experts are saying nine and a half, ten no, point man. underdogs. Uh, what they do you win. What do you think now? So it's a small margin for error. But the Steelers can win. Yep. I mean, they need to do what they've done and not turn the ball over. Um, that is, that's huge. That's the one advantage the Steelers have over the Bills. They're better in turnover ratio. Uh, and they've got to find a turnover or two. And that turnover could be a block kick, could be Calvin Austin returning a kick. Um, but, again, how, how is the weather going to affect this kicking game? You, you, you can't rely on field goals, even though they both have good kickers. I mean, that win can do crazy things with footballs. We've seen it. Um, so there's going to be a, can the Steelers take advantage when they get a break? Um, that is going to be what determines this game because they have to put it in the end zone and put some pressure on Buffalo. All right, Mr. Hathorne, safe travels North. And, uh, we'll be talking to you next week for sure. Absolutely. Wait for week two of the playoffs, right? Hey man, do you have water and tents and blankets and peanuts and, kitty litter and a shovel and a snowmobile uh, in your trunk in case something happens i'm gonna take the station snowmobile so i hope you guys don't mind all right man. go ahead please all right brother you're good to go thank you jeff thanks guys that's our odyssey sports director jeff hathor heading to buffalo love him to tonka remember back in the day marty when steelers playoffs the excitement in this city brother feeling people are excited about it and you went down to get these Rudolph cupcakes at Oakmont Bakery. It's unbelievable. And uh, lines out the door. Thank Patrick O'Connor for picking them up. Um, yeah. the, the truth is, did you watch uh, Robert Kraft in Belichick? 
I did. I I didn't watch the whole thing. So Kraft said something that resonates here too. Whether you like him or not is irrelevant. What he said was why he made the change because in essence they haven't been any good for four years. But what he said was that resonated with me and resonated here is that, and this is the truth, Larry, whether folks want to accept it or not, the mood of this town, this town, because you've lived here forever, just like I have, is reflective of whether or not this team wins. It's dramatically different if they win. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And let me say this too. When they were winning a lot, everything was different. Look, there are people that hate football and they hate professional football. Fine, but they're outliers. Right? But Bill Belichick has, as a head coach in New England alone, he's coached other places too, including Cleveland. Right. Won six Super Bowls. Right. But what have you done for me lately? But what Kraft was saying, and he's right, the whole mood of New England is affected by whether they win or lose, and it's true. It is. And what's the key factor? Quarterback. No, no Tom Brady. Got to have a quarterback. So here's Bill Belichick from yesterday's retirement announcement. Yeah. There's so many fond memories and thoughts that I you know, think about the Patriots and, and I'll always be a Patriot. I look forward to coming back here. Uh, but at this time, we're going to move on. I look forward. I'm excited for the future. Always very, very appreciative of the opportunity here, the support here, uh, and, you know, the what, Robert, what you've done for me. Thank you. By the way, Larry, you just said it. What happened to Chuck Knoll's win-loss record when Bradshaw retired? They sucked. It's just the fact of the matter is it's the most important position in sports, period. If you don't have a quarterback, I don't care who you are. You can't win. It's just the way it is. So they call them geniuses, and uh, they say that they're the best ever. Uh, they have the best quarterback ever. Now, there are teams that have great p- quarterbacks and lose, and, you know, obviously coaches make a difference. I don't care who built Belichick, which team he goes to coach. If they don't have a quarterback, they lose. Look at Vrabel, Mike Vrabel. Two years ago, what was he in the AFC Championship game? Coach he, of the year. He was coach of the year. Fired. Lost his quarterback. Just the way it is. And for those that forget... Mike Vrabel was a Steelers linebacker. I love him. Then he went to New England. I love him. He even caught a few touchdown passes in Super Bowls with New England. Even though he was a linebacker, they stuck him in there. And then he took over coaching under, you know, learning from Bill Belichick. Was successful for a while, but boom. And how about David Tepper owns the Carolina Panthers? Right on. They can't get it together. The guy's worth $11 billion, but he can't. He can't buy his way in somehow. But the entire win, mood of win. this town and the surrounding towns is affected by whether or not they win or lose. It's a phenomenon. And in the 70s, in my family's house, when they played the euphoria, the euphoria was insane. You know, what Zeiss is listening, he pointed out. It's actually a great observation. Don Shula and Dan Marino... About 12, 13 years together. Didn't win a Super Bowl. It's actually true. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to win a Super Bowl. Who else did he say? Uh, Jack Party and Warren Moon didn't win. It's hard. But you have to have a quarterback to to even get that conversation started. It's hard. It's hard. Dan Fouts, he points out. Don Coriel. It's true. I love Zeiss. 
the point is, it's tremendously difficult to win. It just is. And folks who say this weather weather doesn't matter, of course it does. It absolutely does. Yeah. It, it affects both teams, I think. In the case of Miami going to Kansas City where they're anticipating wind chills of 30 below zero, it affects the Southern team more who are, you know, they're they're a fast team, the traction running around. Uh, they get a lot of injuries. The fish are going to be frozen out there. But this is different for Steelers, Buffalo. Even something as people consider as trivial as punting. If it's insanely windy and you don't have a good punter, it could change the entire game. You could lose 3 nothing. We've had some challenges in that department. Meanwhile, final note, so much controversy a few weeks ago about changing coaches here while you've seen all these other coaches like Belichick, like Nick Saban retiring, or is he for real, uh, Pete Carroll. They were asking uh, Hall of Fame Troy Polamalu this week, on the fan about Mike Tomlin. Honestly, I, I think uh, Coach Tomlin is one of the greatest coaches in the NFL history. Uh, he's a Hall of Fame coach. Absolutely, I think the talk is crazy for him, for, for people to consider or think that, that he wouldn't be our coach next year. I think uh, it would be uh, um, terrible for him not to be. That's Troy. There you go. So if you're headed up to Seven Springs, for instance, to ski might be a little windy, but at least they've got a couple of feet of pack now, and they've made snow, and this cold weather coming will help that situation too. I love Seven Springs. I love Hidden Valley. I love how they treat people. Hidden Valley is insanely cool for families. So I, I preface what I'm about to tell you by saying that. They're wonderful to people, but it's the real world. Why am I saying this? My wife had her skis stolen from Seven Springs. And we did a little digging with the state police and it's pretty common. And now, and, and they had a snowboard stolen this week, blah, blah, blah. My point is, everybody likes to say Seven Springs sucks. Forget that. It's called the real world. You have thousands of people putting their crap down and you have morons. It's just the truth, Larry. So occasionally something gets stolen. And look, we learned our lesson. Now we have ski locks. But my wife is used to, quite frankly, to be honest, Aspen, Colorado, for billionaire ski, quite frankly. They don't care if their skis are stolen. They don't care if their rolls is stolen. <laughs> they don't care if their private jet is late. But it's Seven Springs <laughs> or Hidden Valley, which are wonderful resorts, and they treat people wonderfully. Stuff happens. Just okay? remember, at every police station, there are lockers right on. with locks. Right on. And what we're saying here is, quit saying Seven Springs has all this crime. It's silly, man. It's a wonderful place. And God bless them, they're getting snow, Larry. Because there's a lot of people that love to ski. And there's a lot of jobs and a lot of money involved here. Good for, good for them. So hopefully that works out for the next couple of months. Yeah, they've had a hell of a time. Well, you've reported this. The weather has changed. And if you look on their cameras and how many lifts are open, you can tell that it's been tough for them. they got to make snow. But there were some reports this week, and it's true. A snowboard was stolen. Some skis were stolen. Some boots were stolen. 
but it's not some epidemic crime wave hooligans traveling along loading vans with stolen skis. But it happens. Ski thieves. Lock your skis. Meanwhile. Watch your stuff. Sunday mornings. The CBS Sunday morning show is one of my favorite shows. And it's they wonderful. Did. Don't know much about this singer who is now a country star, was a rock star, and has a very checkered past. His name, his stage name is Jelly Roll. Love him. So they did a profile on him, including an interview of him sitting in a jail cell that he once occupied for a long period of time. The reason I bring this up today is he is one of the most popular country artists right now in America. And he, Wasn't he here? Yeah, he was, was here. He, in the he was studio? here. With like really yes. cool guy. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that. He was and really he, nice. He's a heavyset gentleman. He's got tats on his face. So if you judge a book by his cover, but he has a really come out to speak against what's going on with the fentanyl and the drug crisis in America. And he faced Congress wow. yesterday because he thinks he can help. Check this out. Jelly Roll. Yesterday in our nation's capital. Uh, forgive me, I'm a little nervous. I'm used to having a rock and roll band behind me when I have a microphone in front of me. During the time that I've been given to share my testimony here, I think it's important to note before I start that in these five minutes I'll be speaking that somebody in the United States will die of a drug overdose, and it is almost a 72% chance that during those five minutes it will be fentanyl-related. Having started that way, Chairman Brown, Ranking Member Scott, and esteemed committee members, thank you for having me. I know this is a bit of a curveball, but I like a little baseball myself. My name is Jason D4, but to most I am known as Jelly Roll. I, it is important to establish earlier that I am a musician and that I have no political alliance. I am neither Democrat nor Republican. In fact, because of my past, my right to vote has been restricted. Thus far, I have never paid attention to a political race in my life. Ironically, I think that makes me the perfect person to speak about this because fentanyl transcends partisanship and ideology, gentlemen and women. This is a totally different problem. And uh, I was speaking outside to the media, and I, I gave them a statistic that said 190 people a day overdose and die every single day in the United States of America. That is about a 737 plane. That's what about a 737 aircraft can carry. Could you imagine the national media attention it would get if they were reporting that a plane was crashing every single day and killing 190 people. But because it's 190 drug addicts, we don't feel that way. Because America has been known to bully and shame drug addicts instead of dealing and trying to understand what the actual root of the problem is with that. But the sad news is that that narrative is changing too because the statistics say that in all likelihood, Almost every person in this room has lost a friend, family member, or colleague to the disease known as addiction. I've attended more funerals than I care to share with y'all. This committee, I could sit here and cry for days about the caskets I've carried of people I love dearly, deeply, in my soul, good people, not just drug addicts, uncles, friends, cousins, normal people. Some people that just got in a car wreck and started taking a pain pill to manage it. One thing led to the other. And how fast it spirals out of control, I don't think people truly, truly understand. So many people. Equally, I think it's important for me to tell you all that I'm not here to defend the use of illegal drugs. And I also understand the paradox of my history as a drug dealer standing in front of this committee. But equally, I think that's what makes me perfect to talk about this. I was a part of the problem. I am here now standing as a man that wants to be a part of the solution. I brought my community down. 
I hurt people. I was the uneducated man in the kitchen playing chemist with drugs I knew absolutely nothing about, just like these drug dealers are doing right now when they're mixing every drug on the market with fentanyl, and they're killing the people we love. I'll be honest with y'all, my desire is to only get older and only do better and be better. I believed when I sold drugs genuinely that selling drugs was a victimless crime. I truly believe that, y'all. My father always told me, what doesn't get you in the wash will get you in the rinse. Now I have a 15-year-old daughter whose mother is a drug addict. Every day I get to look in the eyes of a victim in my household of the effects of drugs. Every single day. And every single day I have to wonder if me and my wife, if today will be the day that I have to tell my daughter that her mother became a part of the national statistic. History repeats itself, gentlemen. Even in the 1990s, crack cocaine had long made its way into my middle lower class neighborhood. And at that moment, even as a teenager, you could have never convinced me in that moment that there would be a far bigger problem on the horizon in the form of a pharmaceutical drug. And then I watched opioids and Oxycontin burst onto the scene. That is Jelly Roll addressing Congress it's yesterday. Beautiful. And it's uh, a great lesson in not judging a book by its cover mm. because clearly this man has been through hell, accepts the responsibility of his actions in his prior life and trying to utilize those mistakes to help others. Hopefully it resonates with some of our lawmakers in Washington. (laughs) Probably. But but what he said, I've had dead friends. I've watched people die in front of me. I've seen Narcan used. And then he didn't even mention xylazine, an elephant tranquilizer that they now use to extend the high. Elephant tranquilizer. All over Philly. Crazy stuff. I, I love what he said. It's beautiful. Hopefully it can help make a difference. He's a hell of a singer, too. Hell of a poet. Jelly And gives a damn. Been a busy week, oh. surprisingly. Oh. Uh, we want to thank the governor, Josh Shapiro, on governor. yesterday. Governor. You know, whether you like the governor or not in terms of the politics part, you can't deny the man is an orator and can charming. put thoughts together and present his points. Big fan. Big. He's honest, too. Hey, one of my boys sent me... Um, Uh-oh. Uh, sent me video of um, a guy on xylazine, uh, this trank oh. uh, downtown. And um, I'm not going to post it. It's just so uh, sad to see. But he said they uh, they freeze up. And the video shows this uh, guy completely high, uh, pretty much standing in the middle of the street. And his body is frozen. This is the new. Ugh. Well, we, were, we, we we've got into this xylazine stuff. Kind of had an origin um, that and can it come to this country in Philadelphia? In this tranquilizer. We had our, our guru, the guy from the ER, the doc, who said that it enhances the high of uh, fentanyl. It extends it longer. And this is where we're at. By the way, what I don't believe to be true is when uh, the singer who we love, he's a fantastic guy, said that the media ignores this. We spent a lot of time on drugs on this show and how dangerous they are. And we, we, I've personally probably done... 20 interventions. I don't think anybody anywhere has covered it more than you have. I physically. In your career. I, true story. My boys, 
the cops who truly give a damn sent me a video of a beautiful blonde, true story, standing on the corner right in the middle of the city. And these, these guys punch her out, unconscious, true story. And we posted, gets a million views because then they came up and took selfies, okay? So then I get word that she's an addict. And then I found her mother. Is it true? We went out on the streets and physically chased her down. Young girl had a teenage daughter, uh, 11-year-old daughter, apologize. Got her in rehab twice. Um, she checked out, overdosed and died in fentanyl, was thrown in an alley by her friends where they found her body. It's a horrifying, horrifying existence. And with xylazine, and my, my boy Ken's right, and so is my boy that sent us this video, called the zombie drug, because if I show you this video, Larry, and I'm not going to post it, it's too offensive. It freezes them, the body. And um, it's a horrifying life. And I think all of us, I know uh, I know friends that uh, have been in rehab. I have a friend who has his son in rehab right now for the 16th time, heroin and fentanyl. It's a horror show. And God bless that. Fabulous, fabulous star for caring enough to tell his story. Trying to make a difference. Weren't you shocked, though, man, when you saw... I was shocked when I heard his story. On the... Yeah, because a lot of people would look at him and, again, on the surface, kind of dismiss him. And then you wonder why. Well, why is this guy so popular? And it's because of what he sings about and the passion he brings to it. Then when you peel back the surface wow. and you get into how he got to where he is, right. you go... Wow, this is a, a person who's climbed out of the oh. lowest of lows. Walked the walk. And now is trying to utilize his star platform to help other people I in the it. same condition. Jelly roll. You, you've got to appreciate people that do that. Because he could easily just, now Please. that he's rich and famous. Stay rich and could, famous. He could just blow off all those. But oh, he's, yeah. But he's not doing that. And he addressed Congress yesterday. To try to help make a difference, hopefully it does. One of my boys just sent me another video from downtown Pittsburgh uh, with two people on this zombie drug. Marty, when I was 14 years old, ah. three doors down, mm. lived my best friend. On Christmas Eve, his older brother, who was 19 at the time, overdosed on that speedball, same thing John Belushi oh God. died of. Yes. And I was at the home on Christmas morning when the parents came back from the hospital to tell the family... Oh so and how long ago was that, Larry? I was 14. So That's what I'm saying. It it leaves so a 50 life, years. lifelong impression. Right on. And, uh, and the war continues. And f even more so now because yep. it's more dangerous than yep. it's ever been yep. with what's out there. And the reason, the only reason I say that is because there are so many people that are listening right now just trying to get through the day. That's right, bro. Who have family members, friends. Oh, yeah children themselves uh don't give up you're not alone a lot of people are going through this oh. and reach out for help